the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Paul had many good parts to imitate. He was a good example. He, he read the scriptures and he prayed continually. He loved God. He served people. He told the truth. He was a powerful leader in the church. And when he sinned, he was humble and he repented. And this is the example Paul is saying, follow my example. Imitate me. And the qualification is, as I imitate Christ. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse. Pastor Leighton Sheely takes us back once again to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We've been exploring what a godly leader looks like all week this week here on the program, and we trust you've been encouraged. As we begin our time together today, we're reminded again that a good leader is a good leader at home, and that helps qualify him to be a good leader at church. For the details, once again, here's Pastor Layton with today's study, verse by verse. For a good father, life is all about sacrifice. Fathers sacrifice to serve wife and family and meeting their needs and leading them to maturity and security. It's, a, it's about putting others first, particularly those in the family. It's about choosing to not drive the latest and greatest and bestest and fastest car so your kids can go to college. It's about not doing things that we could do because it might set an example that could lead our kids down a potentially destructive path. It's about sacrificing and living for others. And like being a good and godly dad, being a good and godly church leader is about sacrifice and living for others. Verse 15, For if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. Now we read this, it's important for us to recall that Jesus said in Matthew 23, 9, Don't address anyone here on earth as father, for only God in heaven is your spiritual father. Now, when people come up to me and they're, they're new to the church and they're, they're, they're introducing themselves and they're wanting to honor me, oftentimes, because of their background, they will call me father. And, you know, folks, I know what their intent is. It's, it's, a, it's a good intent. And I don't correct them for calling me father. And oftentimes, after weeks and months of being here at the church, because it's a Bible church and we study the Bible, they'll come across this passage, and many of them will come up afterwards and say, you know, when I first came, I called you Father. I really apologize for that. I didn't know. And I said, don't worry about it. Glad you found the verse. Don't worry about it. And I don't correct them on the spot because I don't want to embarrass them. I don't want to injure a relationship that might lead to opportunities to be friends and for ministry. Now, Paul never contradicts Jesus' teaching. And what Paul is saying here is, is being a good and godly church leader feels a lot like being a father. And church leaders do a lot of fathering in both practical and spiritual matters. Church leaders help people learn their Bible and learn how to develop prayer disciplines and, and, and as well as learning how to recover from abuse and addiction 
and church leaders provide instruction on financial management and marriage counseling and, and uh, parenting and, and things that are very practical in the lives of people. And even a great church leader like Paul recognized that he could not lead alone, that God provides many good and godly leaders in his churches because there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. And throughout our lives, there are many tutors who invest in our physical and spiritual lives. There might be preachers or pastors or teachers or Sunday school teachers or coaches or Awana helpers and workers or elders or, or others. And such people infuse us with skills and information that helps us to become better people, better thinkers, better athletes, and live closer to our capacity. And those people make sacrifices to be with us and to share their expertise and their benefit to us is of enormous value. But most of those people are not like fathers to us. They don't necessarily think about us every day. They don't pray about us every day. They don't ask about us or care about us every day. But a father does. And what Paul is saying here is, I am more than a tutor for you because I think about you every day. I pray for you every day. I care about you every day like a father cares for his children. And he says, I became your father through the gospel. And that could be one of two things or both. It means I was there when you were spiritually born. And in that case, in many cases, that's true because Paul was the founder of the church and many of the believers there at the church uh, came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior through the ministry of Paul. And, uh, and, And it could also mean that I have a father's love for you to see you grow and mature and prosper. And uh, it's because of the gospel that I love you like a, like a father. And it's only through this gospel that this relationship between otherwise total strangers is possible. And Paul continues by saying, In return, you should respect me and love me like you would a good and godly father. You see, a good dad is worth imitating. Verse 16, Therefore, I exhort you... Be imitators of me. Now, when good and godly church leaders read this verse, many find it intimidating. And well, they should. You see, it puts leaders on the spot to live lives that are worthy of being imitated. And practically, this is what happens. People do tend to follow the examples of their leaders. Now, it's important for us to understand what Paul did not intend to suggest. For one thing, he did not intend to suggest that he was the perfect model to follow. In fact, Paul often wrote about his imperfection and struggles against his own sinful nature. One of those places is Romans chapter 7, where verse 18, Paul writes, And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. And I want to do what is good. But I don't. And I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. And Paul never claims to be sinless. In fact, in 1 Timothy 1.15, Paul writes, This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. And so Paul considered himself to be the worst of sinners. No good and godly church leader ever claims to be perfect. And so obviously Paul was not saying, follow me because I'm perfect. 
As a man who loves his children, I'm delighted when my children choose to imitate me. However, my children get to see dads good, bad, and ugly. And I'm not so delighted when they choose to follow dads bad and ugly, okay? And I often tell my children, just imitate the good parts of dad, please. Well, Paul had many good parts to imitate. He was a good example. He, he read the scriptures and he prayed continually. He loved God. He served people. He told the truth. He was a powerful leader in the church. And when he sinned, he was humble and he repented. And this is the example Paul is saying, follow my example. Imitate me. And secondly, it's important for us to understand that Paul was not meaning by any means to detract from the example that we are supposed to follow in Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul himself wrote, Romans 8, 29, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, the likeness of his Son. So we're not supposed to be conformed to the image of Paul. We're supposed to be conformed to the image of Christ. We should be like Jesus. But there's something we can't be like Jesus in. You see, Jesus never sinned. And therefore, he never could model for us humility and repentance. But Paul sinned. And so Paul could give us an example of how to handle sin by, through humility and repentance. And so that's, he's saying, Paul is saying, follow my example. Be humble and repent. Verse 17, for this reason I have sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, and he will remind you of my ways which are in Christ, just as I teach everywhere in every church. Now, <clears throat> Timothy is mentioned many times in Paul's writing, and from what we know about him in Scripture, we know that his mother and grandmother were very godly ladies. We don't know much about his father. He was a generation younger than Paul. He was trained by Paul for church leadership. Paul would often assign him to lead churches who were in difficult situations. And because of the time that they spent together and the investment that Paul made in training him, he was well equipped to represent Paul and remind Corinthians of what Paul taught and what Paul did. And it was greatly facilitated by the fact that Paul's method and message were consistent in all of his churches. Now, this passage also reveals to us the importance and the value of one generation of church leadership investing in and releasing the next generation to step up and lead. Every healthy church should be multi-generational. When a church ceases to attract and retrain, uh, retain and, 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 and train younger generations in leadership, then it's only a matter of time when that church becomes introverted and loses the ability to fulfill its part of the Great Commission to go and make disciples. Also, having multiple generations in a church makes the, the fellowship so much more rich because generations can learn from each other. <clears throat> uh, younger generations can teach older generations. They can teach us practical things about computers and how to operate technology that's sometimes required for living in this brave new world. And they can also stir within us the embers of idealism, which tend to cool with age. And older generations, they can teach younger generations how to navigate the twists and turns and rapids of life through the wisdom that they've gained from their successes and from their failures and from their study of God's Word. And that's why last week we mentioned uh, Buzz and Betty's 62nd wedding anniversary. And, and I suggested the young couple should 
take them out to dinner and get acquainted with them and find out the secrets of a long and happy marriage. You see, generations have so much we can learn from each other. Now, Paul described Timothy as his beloved and faithful son. Um, You know, one of the things that I have learned in life is that respect is a two-way street. Uh, When a parent demands respect from their children without giving respect, it doesn't take long for the kids to figure out that they can also withhold respect. And that's the fundamental issue that creates what is known as the generation gap. However, when a parent freely gives respect to their children, it is often reciprocated by their children. It's obvious here that there was a a relationship between Paul and Timothy that was based on mutual respect. Well, there is a bit more to today's program. We'll have to reserve that for Monday's broadcast as we are out of time. Thank you for taking a few minutes of your day and spending it with us. We trust it was worth the moments. If you have questions, comments about the program today, the material we're covering, or Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno, visit our website. That is a great place to get started to learn a bit more about us and who we are. Highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Be found in the Lord's house this Lord's Day. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday for another broadcast of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.